guys. It's not anywhere in the book. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to That's Not the Book. I'm your host, Agent X. I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Please remember that no member, including myself or any guest on the show, speak for A as a whole. The only aim of this podcast is to be helpful. Please remember, you can get in contact with me or at any time or any of my guests. All of us are willing to be helpful at that's not the book at hotmail.com. You can just send me an email. You can argue with me. You can uh, get links to my new meeting, which I'll probably start sending you if you like it or not, which is on a Friday at 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, yeah, you can make a joke about a noon meeting as well, but it's at 7 p.m. in America. So that's how it works out. And lots of people talk shit about a noon meeting. I got sober at a noon meeting. I don't know what to tell you. What I see today is that a lot of unwell people helped get me well when I look back. Is that your experience or not really? Um, so I always make the joke, like, even when I go to a bad meeting, the one thing that it does provide is like plenty of people to pray for. Um, you know, um, and as there's definitely see, see, like my experience was like, I, I went to another fellowship. I didn't know much about the big book or anything about Alcoholics Anonymous at all. Um, I was exposed to this when I was like in detox and the people that came in, came in hard with their nice. big books and they knew what they were talking about. You know, I was able to identify my, and, and I'm, I'm an addict, right. But I'm like, all of a sudden I'm like, damn, I'm an alcoholic, right? Yeah, so right. I, I thought that everyone was talking about the same thing, you know, was talking about the book and was talking about getting well. And then I went to some meetings and I'm just like, what the fuck is going on in here? It's exactly my experience. And it's funny because I met you um, online and you're a meme content creator on Instagram, <laughs> but you're like one of me. And so my my question to you, because you kind of came out of nowhere in my in like my line of vision. And I was like, who the fuck are you? I was like, where'd you come from? And I think my question was like, do you know me? And you're like, no, <laughs> because, <laughs> because all of us really are entwined. Like we all really do know each other. And I think you probably are now meeting all of my friends, which are all the other friends. And I was just kind of laughing. Like, I feel like content creators on Instagram right now are like the DJs of the year 2000, like my daughter's going to come home one day with a boyfriend and I'll be like, no. And she'll be like, but I love him. He makes dank memes on Instagram. (laughs) 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 And I feel like podcasters are like the audio visual nerds of like the 2000s as well. I'm like, look at my microphone, you know, like we're just, (laughs) I have a podcast because I'm not funny. Like I'm not punchline funny. So I can't, I can't even make memes for this podcast. I'm just (laughs) saying. Nicole, you know, I'm just saying, so it's not as funny on paper. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I respect you guys. I love you guys. I think you're amazing. Your Instagram is spiritual malady, the spiritual malady. I don't know. We all have the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. The spiritual malady. And that's really like what it was like, just really pointing on that. And I think that gives me a lot of room to kind of like fuck around a little bit, Yeah, you know, like it's not, I, I can, I mean, obviously like I'm, I'm in the book. I definitely have some content that's like about the book and stuff, but like also like <laughs> that gives me a little bit of leeway, you know, <laughs> I can make these like crazy memes and just be like, well, you know, spiritual malady. <laughs> <laughs> Progress, not perfection, bro. <laughs> right. 
take that out of context, right? Here's, here's the thing is I get excited when I meet people like you. And it's because I'm looking for my people. I'm looking for the people who are just doing what I do and have what I have. And the reason is because I think in 2022, you can walk into a room and not hear much depth and weight of recovery. And when you are doing what I do and have what I have, it it's a incredible life that I actually want to give away for fun and for free. I actually want to sit here and talk about our dope spiritual life. I really want to talk about the spiritual malady that all humans have that we actually have a solution to. How fucking lucky are we, right? Like, I want to look for the people in on in my little tribe that speak the same language. That excites me, right? And yeah. if you go into a meeting today, you hear a lot of frothy emotional appeal and a lot of, um, you know, I heard something today and the the girl goes, I was sober for 18 months and I practiced halt every day and I relapsed and I just don't know why. And I'm like, a, a halt isn't, do you know that where you're from? Hungry, angry, lonely. Uh, have you heard lonely. it? I I have, uh, unfortunately. Yes. Honey, I would be so fat. Like, if I just had to eat to relieve alcoholism, <laughs> are you kidding? Is that a solution? Like, I feel like that's an easier, softer way. I also have children. Yeah. I'm tired all the fucking time. I don't know what you mean. Like, how do I avoid – how do I change my circumstances to not be an alcoholic, to not drink again? Mm. And Yeah. So when I, you know, approach this woman with – um hey, you know, I'm sorry you were led this way. That's not in the book. We have some clear-cut instructions about how to actually recover so that you can maintain long-term recovery, be happy, joyous, and free sober. You know, that's in the book. I suggest maybe a sponsor who's who's pounded on a big book that that calls themselves a recovered person. And this woman got so offended, so offended that she's like, we're supposed to be kind and patient. I'm like, bitch, I am being kind and patient. I'm trying for her not to die, you know? <laughs> right. And that's, so that's like a, a weird thing that I've noticed, like it just in the fellowship is like, it seems like, cause like back in the day, the book tells us, right? Like if, if they don't want to do this shit, then fuck off, go find someone that does want to do this shit. And like now, um, I think a lot of people are like replacing alcohol with like fucking codependent relationships that they make in the room. And like sponsorship has been changed uh, into this whole other thing. Preach, Call girl, me every preach. day at this time. Right. You know, go to this meeting, meet me there. We're going to do and just like all of this, like hand holding shit. And it's like, bro, no human power, no human power. Not my mom, not my daughter, not some fucking group of drunks. Oh, None of that shit is going to keep me fucking sober. He just said it's turned into a codependent relationship with a power greater than yourself being your sponsor in Alcoholics Anonymous. Absolutely. 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 <laughs> and when we're talking about the meeting dependence, we're talking about sponsor dependence. Like, I don't have a life that's built that way. Thank God. Mm. Um, I remember mm -mm. my... I have this weird smart middle daughter. And so every year I take her to Taiwan for a month okay. and she'd go to school, which is so dope. Well, I don't speak Chinese and um, no one in Taiwan does either or doesn't speak English. So there was one meeting a week on a Sunday and it only was in Chinese. And my daughter, when I first started going, was only eight. So I couldn't just leave her there at eight o'clock on a Sunday alone in an apartment to go to a Chinese speaking meeting. And the time difference with my sponsor was so abhorrent. Like, what on earth are we offering here if I can't travel to a new country and 
keep sobriety without constant contact with other people Mm. and with AA meetings. Like what a boring Mm -hmm. life is this? And it's interesting when we hear people say, oh, I just go to three meetings a day. I'm like, how is that not selfish? Don't you need to go pay bills? Like my kids want to hang out with me. I mean, they don't. They're getting too old to think I'm interesting. But (laughs) like, go make dinner. Go go do something other than sit white knuckling, sitting on my hands a moment at, at a time staying sober. But that's not what's on offer. That's not what's on offer. But I think we have to really look at statistically what the truth is is in AA is most people in AA are still sick. Most people in the room are still sick. Most people don't have a solution on board to the point where when you have most people talking about frothy emotional appeal and you can do this one day at a time and you got this – what we have, which is like, bro, I actually don't think about using heroin anymore. It's a weird <laughs> new thing, right? I just worked right. the steps and got the promises. We actually sound uh, offensive. It actually sounds offensive because if yeah. they're struggling and we aren't, fuck us. Yeah, they feel attacked. Yes. Like, absolutely. So I, I do a lot of H&I. Um, and there was this place that would tell us, like, do not introduce as recovered. Like, we don't want people getting, like, false expectation. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I can point to you in this book where it says we've recovered. Many like, times. Multiple times. 16. Yeah. And, 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 but here's the thing is, like, a lot of people are, I mean, and so you, like, right, in the rooms and, and whatever, like, most people on earth are spiritually sick, right? That's, yes. like, most people's just default. And then when you come into the room, it's, like, it's, like, it, it's amplified you know, by taking away that substance and like the brain screaming the entire time and obsessing about the one thing that provides that ease and comfort. So you get really, really sick people in in the rooms, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So it's just like, damn, where was I going with that? (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I do that all the time. So when I am not able to give an accurate representation of the program, because people think that I should change the message to appease their feelings, Mm. but I'm dealing with a sick person right now. And if I'm going to manipulate this to give you, again, it goes back to frothy emotional appeal, right? I believe in my heart, if you coddle an alcoholic, you will kill an alcoholic. And if someone would have coddled me, they would have fucking killed me. And nobody says poor agent X and pats me on the head. And in my recovery today, I'm surrounded by people like you that never in a million fucking years, if I called you today and been like, you know, my husband's mean, you're going to be like, you're right. He is, you know, he is the problem, you know? <laughs> and sometimes I do have normal friends and they will. Okay. And sometimes I'm like, I need self-pity. So I go over to my neighbor, Nikki. I'm like, oh my God, guess what happened? And she's like, you're right. It is him. He is the problem. And as soon as people say, as soon as people agree with me, I'm like, oh, fuck, he's not. It's, it's actually me. I'm actually the problem. So I don't believe that coddling an alcoholic to, through the steps or babying them or carrying them. This is the solution. We have a single solution for a single problem based on yeah. two symptoms. And we aren't for everyone. <laughs> If you're here, absolutely not. But here's the weird part: the people you and me are talking to are the bitches that are going to die. Okay, mm. I'm here for mm-hmm. the ones who are going to die. Maybe yeah. you need a knitting circle. Maybe you mm. need a book club and a fucking workout routine, and you could stop drinking. 
I don't care. I'm not for you, right? I'm here because I was drinking myself to death, okay? I'm going to fucking die. But look, here we are not. Weird. (laughs) Nor are we claiming claiming our own recovery. Mm -mm. So (laughs) when people are like, I'm so proud of myself, I'm like, really, for what? That's so Uh. weird. (laughs) I yeah I mean even like when people are, are like oh you know how long you've been sober and tell them uh, and they're like oh wow so pr-. I'm like I, I, for what <laughs> like you know God did for me what I could not do for myself I can't ever trick myself into thinking that like any of that was like for me I didn't want to fucking do this shit like you know no. no and I don't say how long I've been sober on the podcast because I did the steps in the first 30 days And I recovered Mm -hmm. from alcoholism as a result of the work, which none of which I wanted to do or none of which I continue to want to do. Um, My recovery (laughs) is based on a side effect of my action. Yeah. Mm. It's always been based on a side effect of all this action. And none of the action is shit I want to do. There are 12 objectionable steps in my life. Okay. (laughs) And a whole list of objectionable service positions. So a bunch of shit I don't want to do as a side effect I've recovered from this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Although, plot twist, we still have the body part. Like, mm. you still have the phenomenon craving. It doesn't go away. Absolutely. That's why we state that we are alcoholic and we always will be the rest of our life. But we are not yes. still sick. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, I'm not, I don't, so I'm going to be controversial and brave. I don't have an alcoholic mind. I don't have isms. Mm-hmm. I think that's all made up. Do you? also think that's made up or no as far as um what do you what do you mean as far as people say that they they have the isms still they're like Uh, oh i don't drink uh but i still have the isms what are you talking about my isms are are the spiritual malady that all humans have okay so my character defects are human defects my character Mm -hmm. defects are the exact same ones that homie next door has or the trash truck driver or the guy at the convenience store. It's the exact same ones. I just know that if I don't treat mine, I will revert back to drinking alcohol. So I don't, I'm not different than a non-alcoholic in the form of character defects. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's, and that's why it says like, you know, like the dubious luxury, right? It's like, we all have the capacity to act as humans because we are humans, right? But the difference is like some random person, you know, acts out and acts on self. Well, they may might even get pissed off enough and go have a drink, right? But but they can stop, mm-hmm. right? And it's like you said, right? I'm always going to have that fucking allergy, yes. you know? And it's just a matter of like, and as the book says, right? Maintenance of our spiritual condition. That's the only thing. And that, and this kind of just touches back on like, with what we were saying about like uh, our experience with like the whole like codependent uh, fellowship, like one of the first things my sponsor was saying was like, there will be a time and a place where there is absolutely nothing standing in your way between a drink besides God, you know, Mm. like that's, that's Mm. it. Right. And, and he's funny, man. I I had this crusty old, possibly brain damaged crackhead (laughs) old timer dude that, he was so very you know what I mean he was very spiritual and he's a big book thumper but he wasn't like super like analytical about it he was just like I did this and then I got better you do this and you get better and he would be like 
yo, if you ever call me and you don't pray first, I'm going to hang up on you. Nice. <laughs> like that's nice. it. And yeah. And I, and I, I took that seriously. Mm. I never did. Right. I always would, would pray first. And then I did actually call him. It would be like, okay, what's next? What do I need to do next? You know? Yeah. And that's, that's all it was. Like I started immediately taking my problems to God, you know, and right. That Like you had said, it's about the action, you know, mm. it's so completely different than how I had used to operate. But just in continually doing this and like knowing this is what I need to do, like, you know, those 10 step promises start to happen. It happens automatically. Right. My Mm -hmm. new solution, right. The old solution, gets replaced. And now all of a sudden, like bad day, whatever it's, well, I need to pray. I need to meditate. And the thought of using just doesn't even fucking occur. And that, 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 that's crazy. You know, if somebody had told me that I would not think about using or not think about getting drunk or, or whatever, you know, when every single one of my thoughts revolved around how I was going to get more or, or, you know, like all of that, like for years and years, um, I would have never fucking believed it. You know, that is alcoholism. Okay. So when we're talking about the alcoholic mind, it's the thought that it keeps changing back to drinking and doing drugs. Okay. The fact that I'm a recovered alcoholic I'm trying to explain to someone that doesn't know that a serenity like this exists because they've never had it. Since I was five, I was in mental obsession about something. I was restless, irritable, discontent, and I was looking for ways to heal that since I was five years old. So as of today, when you say, my mom died, my fucking car broke down, I lost my job. And I didn't think about drinking alcohol or I had the best day ever. I looked really hot today and it was nice and sunny outside. And I still didn't think about drinking because what doesn't work for me is when we talk about circumstantial alcoholism, that I'm drinking over something that happened to me. Bitch, I drank every day and most days I was happy. (laughs) I was happy. Like I'm a, I'm a good time. Okay. So like, actually I'm drinking because I had a great day. I'm drinking because I went swimming. I'm drinking because I fucking saw a dog across the street. I am drinking (sighs) for all circumstances. So there's no traumas. There's no triggers. There's nothing that is triggering Mm. me to drink except my alcoholic mind, which today I have recovered from. I don't know how to explain it to an active alcoholic because I didn't know that serenity like that existed before the spiritual awakening that I needed to have as a result of the steps to have an entire psychic change. This isn't something I'm making up either, right? Like, no. <laughs> like we feel like the <laughs> no, crazy people, like- right? <laughs> we're the crazy ones though do you get it like you and me talking about a spiritual plane sounds like cuckoo shit and you're real young so i don't think like you and i ever and you're cool too look i'm cool i got neck tattoos i don't know what to tell you i'm a lot of things that i'm not but i am cool okay (laughs) you see my car i got a cool car (laughs) so never in my life was i like i hope one day that i could sit around talking about spiritual shit no it did not no. No, no. No, thank no, you. Never. This sounds stupid. Man. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> I you know, like I'm I'm in Chicago. Um I, I grew up in the hood and like a lot of tough guy <laughs> bullshit and like you know praying. Girl, I have a gun on God. me right now and I don't know what we're talking about. God. 
no but i mean like I, you know like you know what I mean? you, you got to be real self-sufficient and you know stand on your own two feet and all this yes. shit and it was like god did you know what I mean? that was the weakest shit i had ever uh. fucking heard and i would talk so much shit to all of my friends about all of that like <laughs> I, and i always say i used to i used to mock my friend like i used to call god magic spaceman <laughs> oh yeah magic spaceman you're gonna pray to magic spaceman he's gonna take care of it for you right bro ha ha joe dumb at you know what i mean and just like talking shit trying to roast and like was so anti you know like and it said right violently you know yes. anti-religious like yeah. <laughs> uh, i yeah i wanted nothing to do with I it know. right but it's just like when i could finally and that that was you know like i said i was i was like i'm, a, I'm an addict right i'm like this dark and brooding character in my yes. own head and and i'm an addict right i'm not one of these fucking boomers i ain't no alcoholic and then this dude comes in and he's talking about what makes someone an alcoholic right and he talks about this this obsession of the mind and I can't stop and stay stopped. And he starts talking about this allergy of the body that when I finally do pick up because I will, because I, I will, it's, it's promised. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And I'm, I'm thinking about like, you know, and I had this like, like very small window where I was able to like be honest with myself about it and look at my past experiences and see, and I'm like, damn, I'm an alcoholic. And I think that was the biggest blow to my ego was like, I'm not this like cool, uh, mm. you know, like <laughs> addict. I'm, I'm, I'm just a fucking alcoholic. Boring like, all these ass. People who I judged. Same yes. ass fucking alcoholic. <laughs> my sponsor called, she's like, you're just a drunk and a loser. And I'm like, nothing actually fits me better than that. When she said it, I just smiled so big. I was like, I am just a drunk and a loser. It makes me so happy. <laughs> Why? Why? Because if you and I actually aren't super special, we don't have incredible, like, huge, unique qualities that keep us separate from God. Like if you and I are just fucking drunks and losers, and we just follow the instructions that other drunk losers have followed, and then we get the same result, um, we're free of alcoholism. So that's cool. Like I'm going to sign up for that. My friend this morning just sent me this picture, this meme. And it says, if you, it's on the back of a car and it says, if you don't have time to pull over and fight me, don't honk your fucking horn at me. She goes, this reminds me of something you would say. <laughs> like I still want to fight people. Okay. And so when, when we're presented with this God idea, right. The first time I'm like, well, that sounds dumb. You know, that's a yeah. flimsy read. Second of all, no thank you. But I had nowhere else to go. I had no other choice. And yeah. I was so angry that I did every step out of spite to prove that it wouldn't yeah. work. Because if yes, this shit I... doesn't work, uh, oh, well, I tried. Back to the meth. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's literally my experience really like nothing worked before um mm -hmm. and and then and like touching back on what i had said right it was like i could identify as an alcoholic and from what this fucking dude was telling me if i'm an alcoholic that means i need a higher power you know and and it was just i was in this broken and hopeless place like the book says right um i was beaten into a state of reasonableness um i knew i was going to drink again absolutely knew I use again. All right. I say drink a lot. I'm a fucking heroin addict. I don't want to make that clear. A lot of vein beer. Um, and I, I just knew like, I'm going to fucking get high again. Right. Mm -hmm. And maybe this God thing, you know, maybe it will, but nothing else did. Um, 
I'm going to try this. And as I used to sit there and I would, like I said, I was, I wasn't with it. Didn't, didn't like what these people were trying to tell me mm-hmm. um, until it became like, okay, maybe I don't have any other options. And I always say right. it's like process of elimination. I tried everything else, everything under yes. the sun and it just didn't fucking work for me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this shit. It's probably not going to work, but then I'll be really good at fucking talking shit to these people when they come in here and try and tell me about this yes. bullshit, weak ass God stuff. Honestly, yes. I will prove to you that this won't work too. And then everyone will leave me alone. Like, well, tried that. You know, I guess we're smart enough to know to disprove a theory, we have to recreate it completely. And that's just what I say. Like, in fifth grade science, you learn to disprove a hypothesis or prove a hypothesis. You have to recreate the theory completely. So the theory is, if you do what I do, you're going to get what I get, right? Like, this is what you, spiritual malady, and me, Asian X, fucking did. And we don't even know each other right? We followed the recipe in different countries without ever speaking before. And within two words, two of your memes, probably one, I was like, that's my homie right there, right? I can pick you out from a crowd that you have what I have and that you did what I did within three sentences, right? Within three (laughs) sentences. You're going to look at my podcast title and go, yep, that bitch has read the book. Who knows, man? Who knows? I've seen a lot of podcasts that are right in what the fuck are you talking about? And that's fine. It's judgment. doesn't matter. I don't care what anyone else is doing. I'm not here for everyone, dude. I'm just here attempting to give an accurate representation of the program laid out in the big book because I understand it. And it doesn't make me smarter or better than anyone else. I just get it. It's like people who study math and understand math, okay? Doesn't mean I'm not going to drink again either. The fact that I know this stuff and can articulate it, I'm just an articulate drunk, okay? It doesn't actually mean it's going to keep me sober. It means that, right, like I can just give an accurate representation of the program. And the people I'm speaking to hopefully are the people like me that were going to die of this. And if somebody would have presented me with, oh, poor Agent X, this is your husband's fault, just a day at a time. Just don't drink no matter what. Just go to meetings. You know, what are you doing? Why don't you just call me every day at five? Bitch, I'll kill myself by five o'clock. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I can't stay sober till 5 p.m. to call you. Yeah, that was and see, and that was the thing is like, like I don't know, like for and again, like I mean, this is like my my own bias, like and shit. But it was like the fuck I look like calling some other man for help. <laughs> I'm gonna ask some dude, like I'm a man, you know what I mean? Like it was like all this pride and shit, and it was just like yeah, I was properly fucking qualified. They <laughs> talked about what it was to be an alcoholic, and like mm-hmm. I was in that place where I was like just like out of ideas and you know that willingness kind of crept in right as like you know i heard something i needed to hear and it was like what else do i got right let me try this you know yeah what else i have nowhere else to go exactly and Mm -hmm. i liked that people were kind to me and that's when i bring back around that a lot of not well people help help get me well if i really look at it because the group of people that i went to go to aa with um 
were a lot of meeting makers. And I didn't know that at the time. They were kind and they gave me coffee and they gave me donuts and they told me that I was nice and special and wanted me there, you know? And at that time, I wasn't wanted anywhere. And that's not an exaggeration. Like everyone hated me at the end of my drinking. And I'm not sure how those little old ladies let allowed me to stay in that first, the meeting the first month. I would fucking yell at people. I would flip tables. Like I said, I got sober at a noon meeting. Every, the median age was 73 at this meeting. <laughs> I would yell at people. I I, I felt like everyone. Elderly people. Oh, all of them. I felt like, I felt like they all worked there, you know, Mm. like, and I remember the first time I ever shared it was what turned out to be my sponsor's brother's fourth birthday or whatever. But I was like, I'm so happy you're all happy. But when is someone going to help me? When are you going to tell me how to quit (laughs) drinking? Like, yeah. And And I'm talking to the poor guy. It's his birthday. God bless him. Still sober. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, happy fucking birthday, Will. I'm excited there's cake here, but I'm going to die. So does someone want to pay attention? Yes. (laughs) And in my hysteria, you know, this lovely, kind woman gives me a little card. And it said, if you want someone to take you through your steps, I will. And I go, this bitch. Like, you have some audacity thinking you can fucking help me. And I called her immediately when I got home because I was I was impressed that she had the balls, you know? I was impressed with her <laughs> because I spent my whole life trying to keep people – we have the same MO, okay? Don't you know who I am? I have neck tattoos. I will fight you, okay? I still think I can fight and I'm really old. <laughs> I can't. I can't, right? I have a teenage son who's now bigger than me and I was like – Every year, I was like, if we could just fist fight this out, I would feel so much better. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I still think that fighting is a reasonable, like, fist fighting is a reasonable solution. Um, and that's how ridiculous I am. So so her her not being afraid of me, yelling and screaming and neck tattoo and, you know, I... It was like the weirdest place to come. Isn't AA just a wild fucking place? There's ladies like crocheting next to bikers with face tattoos and like, what are you guys doing here? Next to like a CEO. <laughs> God, we're fucking weird, right. aren't we? People who would not normally miss. No, no. And you go on AA means you look around, you're like, I would be friends with none of you people. But then... Yes. <laughs> Some 90-year-old man says the most amazing thing you've ever heard in your life, and you're like, I guess I belong here. So there's no good news in step one, though. Let's bring it back to, like, the fact of you and I are here almost against our will because we don't want any of this, right? Like, (laughs) we didn't set out going, let's go get real fucking spiritual. Let's go live on a spiritual plane, you know? (laughs) Not at all. farthest thing from my desires <laughs> because i remember i was like a year sober and i'm sitting with a sponsee in a meeting and it hit me like people think you do all of alcoholics anonymous because you like it and i someone sharing and i like smack her in her chest i was like grab her towards me and i go do you think i do aa because i want to and she goes Yes, you just love this shit. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't. 
And so when I share and when I talk about AA, I talk about how much I actually dislike it. And it's not the recovery that I dislike. It's that I do a lot of actions every single fucking day that I don't like. And like, I'm not, uh, this was not the goal to set out with my spiritual homies talking about fucking God. This was not the end game I had planned out for myself, you know, thought I was going to be in a hip hop dance crew. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, this absolutely. I mean, and so here's the thing, like, I so now I've like gotten to this place where I can enjoy going and and say people a lot of people say it where it's mm-hmm. like you know like at first you go to meetings because like there's something you want out of them right and then yes. like then you start going because it's like what can I bring to them you yes. know and that that's where I am now I was very like matter of fact I was very like <laughs> anti fellowship for a long time you mm-hmm. know I would just just do H and I you know just just hit up the treatment centers um, maybe go to like a big book study. Um, and then just like flex on all these fucking meeting makers. Like, yeah, I went to one meeting last week. This <laughs> with me. You know, like, I don't, you know, cause, cause I thought that it would be like every single day I'm going to have to make meetings and I'm gonna have to do all that. And my sponsor is just like, dude, no, like, that's not going to keep you sober. Right? Your relationship with God will. Right. And yes. it's like, if you're a real alcoholic meeting making, you know, like you're, you're going to drink. Like, yeah, it's, it's it, promised. You know? There's a lot of promises mm-hmm. in the big book and most of them are of my death. They're of my death and they are promising me that I will drink again. So um, it's, it's actually an amazing thing to not have a dependence on a human power to stay sober. And um, yeah, that's, that's just the set we're repping now. Okay, I'm sorry to tell you, but we have descended into a brand new place. We had no idea. Like we're just we're just repping spiritual shit. And I'm so sorry that this has happened to both of us. However, I haven't been arrested in so long. I can't even tell you. I don't know about you, but like your gun is totally legal. Well. It's registered, I bet. <laughs> I'm not saying anything on that subject. Well, I have car insurance. <laughs> Just say progress, not perfection, and the gun doesn't matter. <laughs> Just brush it under the rug. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> See, I say oh, I'm not man. funny, but like, come on, bring it back around. So let's read out of this book that saved our life. How about that? Yeah, you and I are on page 70. Page 70. Oh, so this, a fun is, page. this is my absolute favorite part of the, the work, actually. And it's mm-hmm. because, you know, we find I and I love the three inventories and the resentment inventory. They are laid out so perfectly. The first thing that you're going to get my attention with is who I'm mad at. OK, the way you're going to bring mm-hmm. my ass into the fourth step is be like, tell me who you hate. And I'm like, I, buckle up. <laughs> It's perfect because like at this point, right, you just took the third step. We're still like full of self. Right. Like what better way to get me to like dive into this work by like fucking, you know, using our own like selfishness against self-centeredness against us. Right. Like, oh, yeah. You vent it out on this paper. Right. Well, let's see. People are like, oh, I'm afraid of the fourth step. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You want to hear about who I dislike? I'm going to bring a whole bullet point presentation with me. Like I'm going to wear a suit and I'm going to like come into a boardroom and lay it out in pie charts. I could not wait for this far. You know, my sponsor did this a specific way. And I, uh, as a sponsor today, I, I, uh, I, I'm able to more sponsor according to the sponsee. She Mm -hmm. took me through a specific way that's very fast. 
And um, sometimes I do do it this way. She sat down and said, give me your top 10 list. And she wrote that shit out and we went through it. And then she turned it around on me in one sitting. So I had a spiritual awakening in an hour and 45 minutes. Like, like we were, and the, the reason I'm cool with that really quick way sometimes is because like Roger from third grade didn't fucking matter when in an hour and 45 minutes, I got through the resentment of my dad that I carried around for 34 years. Like Roger, all of a sudden doesn't matter if I'm, if this huge gaping wound of my soul becomes uh, changed in perspective. So she brought me into this top, top 10 list. And sometimes I do this. Sometimes I send people away to go write their whole inventories on their own. Sometimes I say, give me 12. Like it just, you know, you're able to do this specifically with your sponsees. What did you do for you? What did you have done with you? Um, so my, my sponsor was also one of the, so, <laughs> you know, I, I was skeptical. So I was asking a lot of questions and it, probably and, and I stole this and I will fucking use it uh, for as long as I'm sober and sponsoring I was like yo how long does it take to work the steps and this motherfucker said how long do you want to be sick <laughs> and I was like oh, fuck I don't want to be yeah. sick anymore right mm-hmm. and he's like you can you know he's like I'll, I'll match your energy with this shit yeah as much effort as you put into it I will meet yes. you halfway and and we started just banging it out right um he so for me, um, I wasn't working at the time, um, you know, was staying with family, you know, I had, had no depend. Nobody wanted anything to do with me. So I didn't yes. have any dependence or anything. Um, I had a, a lot of time to get into this shit. And uh, he so I didn't he didn't give me a set number. He was like, you know, we column by column. And he's like, start with the first column and just like start writing a list of names and shit. And uh, I, I hit him back and I'm like yo, I got like 130 names. Uh, nice. I'm still working on it. I don't know. And then he was like, uh, that's probably That's good. plenty. We're good. Yep. <laughs> right. So then, you know, just, and then on to the second column and just, you, just, you know, right out of the book, exactly as the book says, you know, he, and that was something too. He's like, I'm not going to tell you to do some shit that I didn't do or some shit that's not in this fucking book. Right. Mm-hmm. And because I don't know, like if the promises are fulfilled any other way, but like they correspond to the steps as worked from this book. So I'm not going to try and fucking fix something that ain't broken. You know what I mean? And that, that was his thing too. It was like, this is what the fuck Preach. it's like to do. We do it. <laughs> oh we God. get it well. It's like, all right. Like in church over it. here. Hallelujah. <laughs> For real though. Right. So he just brought you through the exact same way, the way that it is in the book. And which it's funny because I consider myself the biggest big book thumper in the world, but I'm going to change it up in the sex inventory and we'll get there. Okay. But Mm -hmm. at the end of your resentment inventory, does he go through the fourth column with you or do you do it completely on your own? You mean as far as him uh, helping me through it? Yeah. Like, so I don't know that an alcoholic can see their fourth column on their own. I can't really mm-hmm. see how I was selfish, dishonest and, and afraid and self-seeking. Like I can't really see it. You can kind of get it, but I really needed the sponsor to like open my eyes and be like, Oh, well, what about this? Like, look at, you know, to look at myself, that whole self-examination. See, mm-hmm. ever, I feel like steps one through three, we all do the exact same thing. And then step four on, we're all just kind of doing something similar. <laughs> Right. I've, I've learned that like, a lot, if like, all right, if you're recovered, like, and, and you are actually well, like, 
if that works for you and, yes. I, and you are well cool because like I've had some conversations I'm like okay but that's a little different than the way that I did it so you know and it's like it's not even like if you're well cool I'm playing God over here thinking I know what's best I don't if possibly, at the end knows. of step five you have a change of perception it doesn't matter what you did do you agree? <laughs> I, I do. Right. Because that's the, the entire goal. That's right? the whole point. Not, not, it's not right. The 12 step, right. Having had a spiritual awake, not having worked the steps perfectly yeah. as the books, <laughs> exactly as the book said, right. Spiritual awakening is the goal. If I can achieve right. that, good for you. That's great. God bless. So the first thing that we're going to do to begin the process of the spiritual awakening, we start with a resentment, which is, it's fucking brilliant for an an angry, baffled alcoholic, starting with resentment, brilliant. And we begin to have a new perspective on resentment. And it was the first time in my whole life that I was wrong. And I mean, ever, like on my resumes, I'd be like, under special skills, I'd be like, justification, you know, because it's like... (laughs) It's like, I can never be wrong. And I've lived a life like that. So for the first time, my life is wrong. And then it brings us to fear. And we start talking about, well, why am I so self-righteous? Why am I so afraid of everyone? Why am I so angry? And and seeing that everything about me is driven by fear. And today, every time I get myself worked up over anything, it's not ever usually not backed by a fear. I did a recent... Uh, fear inventory. Uh, turns out like my biggest fear is to be invisible, which you would think would be adorable, but it causes a lot of fucking problems. <laughs> my fear is to be invisible. Therefore, I am choking you out, like trying to be your friend, right? Like I'm choking you out, trying to get validation and attention. Like, like I, I actually am running shows with this stuff and getting in a lot of trouble and getting myself really hurt and I'm hurting other people. So, so finding out these facts about myself, uh, yeah. segues us in to the best inventory in the fucking world, the sex inventory. And if you don't think that's funny <laughs> that it's on 69, we are not friends, oh, you know, nice. So here's what I do. Um, The way that it's written in the book is that that I present you with the questions as they're laid out. So where have you been selfish? And we do this with every person that I believe that you consider yourself in a relationship with. Okay, so I put the name, I put where have you been selfish? Where have you been dishonest? Where have you considered it? Who did you hurt? And then we find out some real facts about ourselves. Because the truth is, is I'm most destructive in these relationships. I'm not as destructive in my resentment relationships, I've noticed sometimes, but that's usually like a acquaintance or someone that I, that I barely know that I hate, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not as destructive in resentment and fear as I am in my relationships with people that I care about. This is the real fucking problem. Who I am at my core comes out when I'm in a relationship, who in what I truly am, this ugliness that I'm just wrapping up in a little cute package comes out for the first time in real life in this resentment inventory. And what I found out about myself is that I use people as props in the show of Agent X. Okay. And I put you in a position to make me feel a certain way, not believing you even have feelings. There's a there's a word, like some sciencey word for noticing that other people are also having a human experience. 
And I don't remember what it was, but I have never felt that way in my life. Every human in the world is not having their own human experience. They are just (laughs) a side character in mine, right? Yes. Right. (laughs) So they're like, there's this thing where you you become awake to another person actually being a human. And I'm like, that sounds fake. (laughs) So so that, that for me really started happening between the third and the fourth column when I was praying for these people. Mm. And, and honestly, and I think this is how, so like my, just, you know, what you had said, my sponsor didn't really like walk me through those things. Um, what, uh, the fourth column rather, uh, in reference to what my sponsor had helped me with at that. Um, but what happened was I started then, cause like, right. The, you know, the second column, right. And it's, it says right there, though we did not like their symptoms, right. That's the, the, their, you know, um, um, offenses against us you know, are symptoms of their spiritual malady, their spiritual, right? malady. Their spiritual yep. illness, you know? Um, and, you know, then when I start praying for them and just starting to look at that spiritual illness in the same way that I would look at, you know, if someone like had cancer per se, right. If I'm, if someone, if someone has cancer, you're not like, all right, get your fucking lazy ass up out of bed. Mm-hmm. Fucking, you know what I mean? You're like, you have, you have cancer, right. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be loving. I'm going to be tolerant. Right. And to see them, the, then these people, you know, having this spiritual illness and thinking about how when I was spiritually ill, I was stepping on the toes of others. I caused a lot of fucking harm, right? Yeah. And it was like, that's where it really just started to like, to like tie me into this and seeing these other people as actual people and and realizing like, you know, no, they were acting, you know, with when they were, they were fearful, right? Like, or they were, you know, being dishonest because they were, you know, trying to control the show and just all of these things. So it helped me to like, first uh you know like see it like from an outside perspective on them Mm -hmm. and then like I could then look at my own self when I gotten into that fourth column and see like oh wow this is this definitely boils down to like fear this definitely you know boils down to self-seeking you know and and being dishonest or whatever like you know the way that I presented myself in the world right and it really does just like boil back to fear and fear just boils back to a lack of faith Right. It's just like, that's what it really comes from. Right. I don't I don't have a God in my life to even trust the plan of. So I'm going to use these character defects to try and manipulate the world to, to suit me as, as best I can. You know, and then that's what they were doing, you know. Well, my parents. So when I when I went through the fourth step on my parents, it was the first time I've gone, oh, fuck, they're just people doing the best they can with what they had. Like that was probably the most shocking revelation than being a parent. You know, here I am drinking myself to death with little children and I'm mad at my dad for not calling me on my birthday. Like, really? Really? Because you just drove drunk with your eight-year-old, so you're little Judge Judy over here, you know? And <laughs> and in my fallibility, in my weakness, I was able to see that I was doing the best I could, even in my grossest moments. And I mean, in my abusiveness, in my complete, like, disgusting despair of alcoholism, in my meanest, in my scariest, in my, you know in my worst, I was still doing the best I could with what I had. And I think that was most brought out with my parents. Like the demands that I had on them, the demands on other people are to treat my alcoholism. The demands on all these people is that I want you to make me feel happy, joyous and free. And I mean, fucking everyone from the president of the United States of America, all the way down to a child who's crying too much. 
I need everyone in this world to treat my spiritual malady and make me feel better. And the fact that they can't is uh, offensive, first of all, makes me angry. Second of all, reminds me of what the true problem is, is that I am a spiritually disconnected human having a human experience of spiritual disconnection, just like everybody fucking else. And um, there is no other choice for me except to find the spiritual connection that's outlined yeah. in the book. And, it's not- and I think like, like with the, with, you know, to touch, to go back to, uh, you know, the, the sexual inventory, um, you know, right. That that's definitely like, for me, like where I would see like my character defects, just like full force, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and just kind of going back to what we're like, where we had, almost like started at with like alcoholics tend to have like codependent issues you know because right that's like our thing is right we use alcohol as a way to try and make ourselves feel better we use the world and any way that we can manipulate it as a way to feel better and the same thing shows itself in my relationships with other people and especially these people who I love and like brought into my life you know you know I didn't have a choice I mean I had a choice in the matter rather you know right this is someone I chose to make me happy and now they're not acting the way that I that I expect them to to make me happy mm-hmm. and like now I'm you know what I mean like those resentments when tied to like like live emotion <laughs> just really like like build and and you know what I mean just bring out the worst in me absolutely if I don't have a dependence upon God, I need to depend on something because no one can just rock up in the world alone. So without a dependence upon God, there is no other choice but to depend on humans. And when it tells me that humans are spiritually disconnected and fallible, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm shocked. I'm shocked that my dependence upon other people isn't working out. I'm shocked, you know, but he was so hot. Why didn't he feel my the hole in my soul, you know? Like <laughs> why didn't that work? Because it does for a time, just like everything else. Money, power, prestige, mm. sex, drugs, property. Like it tells me, mm. it tells me what I will go after if I don't, if I have no dependence upon God. And I'm afraid. I'm afraid of life when I get sober. When I remove alcohol, I'm fucking terrified. And it's because I don't have any evidence of a God-dependent life. I don't have any evidence that this is going to work. I have to rely on Judy in AA who says she's been sober for 30 years. I have to rely on these fucking, like, Al over here, the mechanic in AA meeting who's like, oh, yeah, I just trust God and clean house and help others and everything's fine. I'm like, sounds dumb, Al, but all right. You know, at the beginning, I have no evidence of a spiritually connected life. And it's terrifying. All I had evidence of is that life is scary. Because I was running the show. My circus and monkeys were a fucking nightmare. You know, my monkeys smoke crack. So <laughs> life is scary on my own power. And if if I don't find the spiritual connection, you know, it promises me that I'll drink and die because life is too hard alone. And I keep trying to depend on other people and they're just fallible, lo- drunk losers like me, you know, and and that no human power has been able to relieve my alcoholism. So when I begin to have this new perspective on resentment and my fears and looking at how I turn up in every relationship, which turns out I'm the common denominator in all the shitty relationships, fucking shocking, right? And they're and we're like there's a better way. We think so. It's re- it's you know, 
it's reliance upon God, putting my head down and helping the drunk in front of me, you know, living out a primary purpose. It's clearing away all the wreckage of my past so that I can clear up this channel between my head to my heart. You know, my head is my ego. Agent X lives there. She's a loud bitch. All right. She's angry. And um, she has to exist. I feel like we need an ego. Otherwise, I'd be doing the halts and very fat. Okay. (laughs) I would be trying to sleep all the time. I'm hungry, angry, lonely, and tired most of the time. I would, I would be in my head screaming. And my heart is, is my soul. It's part of God. And when Mm. I approach life from my heart and my soul and God lives there, my life is dope and it's quiet and it's calm and it's beautiful and it's filled with new friends. And um, I'm not hurting people. I'm not a tornado, you know, I bake and shit. It's like wonderful. <laughs> However, all this resentment, all this fear, all the way, all this tornado of who I am has blocked off the connection from my head to my heart. And my life's become Absolutely. unmanageable and I'm scared. And there's a lot to be afraid of, you know? Mm. Uh, yes. So what's the job? It's to keep going with the step work, isn't it? The first time, no, you don't have evidence that this is going to work, but you have Agent X and spiritual malady telling you that it fucking works for them. They've never even met. Science. Hashtag math. <laughs> I keep like saying that science and that's math. I don't know if that's true, but it sounds right, doesn't it? You sounded confident in saying it. So <laughs> you must be right. That's how that works. Just sound confident. Say some crazy shit. Just leave it at that. <laughs> so- Uh, we still didn't read out the book yet let's get there we're on page 70 (laughs) so we have a new sane and sound sex ideal which comes out of prayer meditation to god it's seeing the facts about who and what i am in in a relationship realizing all those relationships failed because of me and when it says the question what should it have you done instead? 90% of my answers were, I should have been there in the first place and I knew it, right? Yes. 90% yes. of the time it was like, I consciously walked into this red flag. I wrapped myself in it. You know what I mean? I was like wiping my tears with their red flags. I knew I shouldn't have been there from the beginning. And I owed almost everyone an apology. So... I now have a new sane and sound sex ideal with God. And my sane and sound sex ideals are very short, which is interesting. And they're all about not self. So I've been married for fucking ever, which is surprising. Which surprises me because I don't know how to be married. Don't ask me. My sane and sound sex ideal is that my husband's needs are equal to mine. And I understand that that sounds like like something I should know, right? (laughs) I should just know that his his needs and wants should be equal to mine. I don't. God had to actually tell me this. This is how, don't put me on a pedestal, okay? Don't look to me for to be your higher power. I don't even know how to be married, okay? So <laughs> so I have a new sane and sound sex ideal, but it also mm-hmm. says that I need God's help to live up to this because I yes. tried on my own power to have a relationship and I fucking failed many times. So I need God's help here. This is how hope, this is the drunk loser that I am. I need God's help to be in a relationship. Mm. So we have a new way to look at people, places, and things that disturb us. We have a new way to spot fear in ourselves that is harming us. And we have a new way to be in a relationship. How sick is that? What? (laughs) People are afraid of the four step. This is dope. Shut up. Right? 
So here's where our paragraph is. Last paragraph. If we have been thorough about our personal inventory, we have written down a lot. We have listed and analyzed our resentments. We've begun to comprehend their futility, which means uselessness. I only mm-hmm. I only like say those things when I didn't know the word. So there you go. It's, it's only for me. <laughs> I didn't know what futility means. It's a big word, all right? It says, we begin to comprehend their futility and their fatality, threatening my mm. life. Threatening Absolutely. my life. We have commenced to see their terrible destructiveness. We've begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill towards all men, even our enemies. That's dope, dude. For we look at them as sick people. We have listed the people we have hurt by our conduct. What? I'm the problem? And are willing Mm. to straighten out the past if we can. And I think it's amazing because that's literally what we just talked about. Like we just talked about the paragraph we were going to read before we read it, you know? So sorry. <laughs> well, right, well, no, but I mean, and right, and isn't this the, the fourth step promises? Like this shit just becomes like like automatic in our heads. Like, and that was the thing. Like, a lot of this book didn't really make total sense until I worked the steps and had the spiritual awakening, and then I go back through. I'm like, holy shit! I, I think you know, the, I hate the fucking the gremlins that come in and and leave stuff in the book that I never saw before. But like, it just automatically started making sense after going through this work and, and and seeing this shit like experiencing it rather you know recovery takes place in hindsight and everything <laughs> you and i are talking about is not current spiritual growth everything you and i talk about is spiritual growth in hindsight so mm-hmm. when i say one percent of your recovery is done with your sponsor of the recovery that I have on board, 99.9% is me attempting to help another alcoholic by reading the book and going, when the fuck did that get in there? That's sick. (laughs) I read this to myself over and over and I get the benefit of that, right? Mm -hmm. So so in hindsight is, is where our recovery lives because that's that's my experience, strength and hope, right? This is what I'm giving to other people for fun and for free is what I've experienced after after doing the work. So it's really hard when you see people sit around not helping others for years and years. And like, I had a sponsee who, um, God, she got every word of the book. And then she goes, you know, I just, I'm not going to sponsor. I'm not good at it. I tried once, you know, she didn't recover. I don't think I'm a good sponsor. What the fuck? What are you talking about? Like, I'm not a good sponsor. I'm a terrible sponsor, actually, if I was in the results business. Mm-hmm. I am a terrible sponsor if I, Agent X, were responsible for other people's recovery. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm actually yeah. fucking articulate. So I am giving you a very clear-cut instruction, articulate uh, representation of the program. So it's not me, you know, whether you recover, yeah. or whether you don't has nothing to do with me. But I do say that your action in step 12 is whether or not you're going to recover because everything you and I are talking about is what we've learned in hindsight. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's it's funny because like, you know, where it says like, uh, uh, we're careful not to drift into remorse or, or self-pity. Um, uh, and I don't want to misquote. Um but it says like, uh, uh, you know, that would diminish our usefulness to others, right? Imagine, imagine if if Bill Wilson just like, you know, was like trying to 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 help these drunks that he was finding in the gutters, and then just like 
drifted into remorse and stuff. I'm not a good sponsor. I just <laughs> fucking gave up, right? <laughs> How many people did he try to help before he actually got to Bob? You know? Uh, absolutely. How many people did he help and or did he attempt to help? And like if if any of this was based on results, including my life, I can no longer be in the result business in any area of my life, meaning that I, when I try to run my own show, it ends up in a catastrophe. And we learn in step three the ways in which I try to run my life and yours. And it looks like I'm kind, compassionate, witty, self-sacrificing, right? Like I use my good qualities to manipulate you. And so I'm in trouble. There's no good news here. Every time that I'm the director and trying to get a result from you, myself, or anyone else, I fail. And not only do I fail, I fucking hurt people, right? I separate me and you every time I try to get what I want. And, um, my life becomes very quickly unmanageable. So none of this book is telling me to try harder or to do better, including sponsor. All it's telling me to do is be willing to help the new man and spend most of my time in that attempt, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. and today I do do that. I probably do something AA related every single day. Absolutely not a meeting. But I have a sponsee almost every day at 10 o'clock in the morning. I um, have a meeting that I am at service of, and I'm at service at multiple areas, uh, levels of service. Um, and I was on like three H&I rosters, but I moved states, and I gave myself permission to not do anything because I'm so busy. I'm not. Yes, um, I'm, I'm liking yeah. your Facebook or your Instagram memes. That's what I'm doing in my spare time. <laughs> I'm like, I'll support you doing 12-step work on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, there's definitely times where where I have to, and just, like, stop and, like, literally ask myself, like, is this my will or or is this Mm -hmm. God's will? And and, and, in most cases, if I even have to ask that, it's already, I know it's my will, you know? You know the answer. (laughs) I know. But the good news is, is this life that you and I are selling for fun and for free is fucking rad and it works and it's fun and um, has given us a pretty dope life. I, I think you'll agree. Uh, where Absolutely. we're not hurting people anymore, you know? Some days, I'll step on your toes, but I'm no longer retaliating, and I always know how to make amends, and life is just better. We don't think about drinking or using heroin anymore. Mm. So here we are, no. right? This is what we're offering. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on to talk to me. The hour's already over, which is so dope. It goes so fast. Right. Fun, I told you. It did. I told you. Nice through. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening to That's on the Book. Please remember you can get in contact with either of us at that's on the book at a hotmail.com. We'll see y'all next week. Dude, have you even read the fucking book? <laughs>